Welcome to the Under Construction Podcast. Today I'm talking with Ricky Fowler. This is a great episode. You'll hear a lot of incredibly powerful stories that Ricky has to share, as well as some challenges for all of us. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Under Construction Podcast. Today I'm talking with Ricky Fowler. Ricky, how are you doing, man? I'm doing just fine. How are you, John? I'm doing great. For folks who don't know you, uh, if you can explain what your role is and which of the Keeley companies you work for. My role is a national paving uh, project manager. Uh, I work for L. Keeley Construction. Awesome. So as a, a national paving project manager, what, uh, what does that look like? What do you do on a daily basis? On a daily basis, I balance... Um, my office job with my field job pretty much um i manage the walmart account one of the largest if not the largest account that we have uh with the national team and uh, it's like a juggling act trying to or actually performing the duties of an accounts manager and a project manager um, at the same time makes sense so when you say paving, for folks that may not be familiar with paving, what kind of paving does El Keeley do? Um, our main focus or our, our bread and butter is the uh, asphalt paving, which is the black hot uh, uh, material that you normally see on interstates in parking lots pretty much. Um, it's very... It's a hot, rocky, um, oily, stinky, money-making material, (laughs) (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) The smell of money, right? The the smell of money, correct. I love it. And so you guys do mostly uh, paving in parking lots, is that correct? That's correct. We, um, we, our, our focus is pretty much the large box retail stores, anywhere from Walmarts to Costco's to Lowe's to Home Depot's to Target's to Love's, um, you name it, uh, would probably have our, our foot or hand in it. I love it. So just to give people an idea of how much uh, money you're looking at in terms of your projects, what do you deal with uh, revenue-wise on an annualized basis? Uh, for my projects alone, right now, I'm managing, and that's just right now. I mean, I could pick up some more projects, but right now I'm managing over 20, no, I take that back, $17 million worth of work. $17 million worth of asphalt paving. You're right. That's a lot yes. of money. That's awesome. Yeah. So how did you decide to get into this role? Is it something you knew you were going to do all your life, or did you have another plan and you made a transition to be a paving project manager? Um, yeah, actually, John, uh, none of this construction work was um, a plan of mine. Uh, you know, when I was when I graduated from high school, went did some a uh, couple of years in junior college. My father called me, which is second generation with Keeley. Um, he called me and offered me a a position to come and drive a, a dump truck for El Kila Construction, and I took that opportunity and never dri- drove a dump truck <laughs> at, at all. I started laboring. Uh, I got my uh, my union card as a laborer when I was 19 years old, 
and pretty much it's worked my way up the ladder. Um, the year of 2011, uh, I was offered a superintendent's role with the uh, national team from uh, by Rich Roberts. And I worked my way up that uh, level as well from superintendent to uh, project managing to project managing slash account manager today. Love it. So you've been with the Keeley companies for a while then. 24 years and counting. And counting. Yeah, I love that. That's a great story of working your way up from literally no experience up to managing $17 million worth of work today, right? And there could yeah, be more I'm coming. Yeah, I mean, I, I just took a rough guess at it, uh, John, and I'm, I've am i got my spreadsheet here in front of me, and I just did a tally. I'm a few thousands off, but I was pretty I was pretty freaking close. I'm at 16, 16,746,938. I love it. 0.55. You got to know your numbers, man. That's awesome. I love it. Right off the top of the head. Yeah. Well, you mentioned second generation uh, in the Keeley companies. What is it about the Keeley companies uh, that's made you stay uh, when you obviously have the skills to go anywhere? Um, the company, you know, the Keeley company believe in uh, family. Um, they believe in culture and, um, and they believe in who you know, pretty much. If you know someone who is a great person, who is a great leader, who is a great uh, body uh, that can physically do the work, that can physically have the knowledge, or either that is willing to learn. Um, they always invite uh, the personnel to invite those people to come aboard. So I'm sure that's been going on since uh, Larry opened the doors, since Rusty became involved as well, as far as if you know someone who wants to work, who wants to uh, have the opportunities to grow, bring them aboard. And I'm a, I'm a living witness of that. I started off with a shovel in my hand, and now I have a pen in my hand with a keyboard. So, <laughs> um, yes, there's always room for growth. And, yes, that, I mean, I am third generation. My grandfather worked for the company. My dad worked as retired slash uh consulting for the company right now and i'm a project manager slash accounts manager for the company man that's really cool seeing that legacy that speaks volumes to the people that you work around when when mm -hmm. you can say hey i'm not just here for the dollars the dollars help but uh, i'm actually here because i believe in what the company does and how they do it that's impressive correct Correct. Yeah, the dollar is a pretty, 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 pretty good incentive. <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing comes free anymore. For some reason, we got to have money to be able to keep paying the bills. <laughs> right, right, right. Work hard, play harder, right? You know, that's really the truth. And, you know, as we're growing in our career, you know, being able to set up those times where you could blow steam off, uh, you know, and, and enjoy yourself. That's really what it's all about. And, uh Working with good people helps that a lot, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, of course. So let's let's talk about uh, failure, right? Because failure is always such a great topic to talk about. Everybody loves it when I bring up this question. But you know, the, the human condition: we learn the most when we failed, right? For some reason, we're yes. wired to learn by making mistakes as opposed to wired to learn by being successful at things. So. Correct. What's a favorite failure of Ricky's uh, that actually set you up for the success that you're having now? Um, the future, I mean, a recent failure that I have encountered was when I actually didn't do my part in um, or my job uh, in analyzing the data 
uh, going over the scope of work and helping my superintendent with that particular information. Uh, basically, uh, a large scope of work was missed on a large project for a value customer, Costco. Um, got into the project, and we're talking about almost $300,000 of lost uh, if we hadn't, um, if we didn't have a great partner client uh, with Costco understanding the mistake that could be made or that was made, um, I actually could have lost my job or and the superintendent could have lost his job. That, that particular mistake by myself made me realize that, you know, we can do our jobs on a day-to-day -day basis and there's always room for that one mistake or there's always room for error where it can cost you your livelihood. Mm. Um, I got my ass chewed pretty fucking hard uh, by Matt by Matt Taylor about the situation, but me having um, the discipline uh, to care and the discipline to know and the discipline to accept my wrongdoing and my faults, I worked through it. I buckled down, um, made it right. I got with the customer, explained everything to him, and pretty much pleaded to him to understand my role in the mishap or the mistake that the company made and just not put it on the company, but put it on me because I was, uh, well, the representative for Costco and I have a really, really great relationship that I helped build. So I use that plus my um, sympathy or ass kissing <laughs> to ask him to, uh, you know, just work with me. It was a mistake. I mean, it is something that we overlooked, but at the same time, it's not something that you guys don't don't need. You guys actually need the work done. You know you need the work done. It was just a mistake on our behalf that we didn't do you do, do, due diligence to make, it think, to make things right or to call it out prior to, to now. Yeah. So having that ownership, you know, taking ownership and then obviously leveraging the relationship that you've been building for years with these guys. That's it's phenomenal. It's not not enjoyable to go through it, but again, oh, it's no. one of those things you learned that lesson, didn't you? Oh no, it's not it's not good to go through that. Um I didn't sleep for I can remember this very, very well. I didn't sleep for fucking nine nights. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me ask you that question, too, because that's, you know, we're all going to run into those times, unfortunately, in our lives where we've we've messed up or something's gone poorly. So you were obviously overwhelmed, right? So how mm -hmm. how'd you get your focus back? How'd you mentally get back to, hey, I've got to get this right and I need to get back on an even keel? Any tips or tricks that you use that would help people uh, the next time they run into a situation like that? Um. I don't think that there was a main thing that I did, John. I just, um, my mother has always told me that, um, you know, nothing is always as bad as it seems. Mm. Um, the best thing and the only thing that you can actually do when you screw up is to own it and try your best to fix it. And whomever that you've done wrong, don't understand or don't see that you, 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 you know, own your mistakes and you're trying to fix your mistakes. And if they can't see it, then that's all that you can do in order to fix it. I mean, you get to live another day. You get to do 
all the things all over again. And the most important thing you learn, there's a lesson learned in any mistake or any uh, mishap that you may have. So I I try to teach that to or preach that to uh, all the new superintendents, all the interns, even with some of uh, my colleagues here in the office, uh, like the younger guys, like a Brian or like a Nick Mm -hmm. or an Adam, Gary, any of those guys, you know, just try to explain to them. All of us have difficult projects. All of us have difficult tasks and some more than others on certain days or certain weeks or months. But at the end of the day, we're building parking lots. We're not building a spaceship. <laughs> We're not uh, building an aircraft aircraft carrier or anything like that. You know, things are going to happen. What's what and how we're going to be defined is how we uh, react and respond to those difficult times that we are going to have because it's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yep. Speaking of that, obviously, as you've progressed up going from, you know, frontline all the way up through account management, uh, what are some of the key things uh, that you would give advice to either a younger person or somebody who's making that transition from an operational field role into a management role? What, what are a couple things that you learned that you think are valuable for people when they make that transition? When you make that transition from field to account managing, it's actually a big help because you understand it a lot more than just being an accounts manager. Um, Accounts managers, um, they know the business, but they don't know the business. Mm -hmm. So being actually being foots on the ground uh, once upon a time, I know it. I've done it. I performed it, I've installed it, I've seen it, I've seen this, I've seen that, I've seen good, I've seen bad. So when something comes up or you can you can relate to it a lot better or qu- more quickly having both roles or being part of both roles versus just an accounts manager just, you know, just managing the account. Yeah, so bringing your skills with you and not just forgetting them and leaving them at the door when you take your boots off, right? Correct. So you had mentioned a couple of names, obviously your grandfather, your dad, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Rich Roberts, Matt Taylor. Mm -hmm. When you look at your career, um, you've obviously had people who have mentored you. Um, Yes. What, when they were mentoring you, what did they contribute most to you that helped you in your growth? What do we look for in a mentor? Honesty, uh, guidance, um, opinions, criticisms, Mm. because those are the only ways that you're going to learn or grow. You got to be able to listen to your the person that is um, trying to direct you or help you or get you to see things in a different light or get you to see things in a different mindset, getting you to understand why you're doing what you're doing, when you're doing it and how you're doing it. Um, my, my thing when it comes to mentoring and to those that are, you know, under me, not even under me, but um, I hate using that term. Right. Um, <laughs> those that, um, are following me in my footsteps or wanting to learn or grasp 
some of the experiences that I have or have encountered, I would advise them to always have an open ear, whether it's good or bad. Um, constructive criticism is always good for anybody mm-hmm. um, because we don't know it all. Um, take the time to actually hear a person versus just listening. Take the time to actually uh, input that data and actually use that data. Try it out instead of just taking it in. That that helped me out a lot from Rich Roberts, my dad, Matt Taylor, and even some of the accounts managers right now that are a lot younger than me. They lo- they know a lot more than me, and I'm learning today. Uh, some of the still learning today. Some of the accounts managing role because I was just at this role was just added to me this year. Mm-hmm. So we we often find ourselves. Well, I do. Uh, with the group that I'm working with, we often find ourselves teaching each other because I have experience, a lot more experience in one field that they use and utilize on a daily basis, whereas they have a lot more experience in the accounts role that I use and learn a lot more on a daily basis. That's really cool. That collaborative learning is is important. And you know, if you're if you're young and you're listening to this, uh, I think the wisdom that Ricky just shared for sure, be be teachable, uh, be willing to hear yes. the hard things, uh, be willing to hear the good things, and and put it to action, whatever it ends up being. That's yep. that's great advice. Thank you, Ricky. So, how do you define success? Mm. My success, briefly defined, is. Retiring, healthy, comfortably, and still being able to do the things that I love and enjoy, which is uh, hang out with my family, be with my kids, be with my my wife, soon-to-be wife, and just enjoying life as I do today, even a lot more. That's success to me. Um, I don't plan on or even dream about uh, leaving the company. So me return at the age of 50 comfortably financially um, with my health, no accidents, no broken bones, no none of that. Because, you know, going home every day safely from work and traveling and all of that, that's success to me. I love that answer. The bigger picture of success. That's a great. Yes. And I love that you tie it to, you know, you as a, as a human being, the, the holistic of Ricky, including health and, and family and, and the mental happiness. I mean, I love that. That's important. And so many times it's easy to get focused on just one of those areas as opposed to all of them. So love it, man. Thanks for sharing that. No problem. So my last question is, uh, it's, it's my favorite question here. Um, if we could put Ricky Fowler in God mode, uh, we <laughs> grab all of these devices that we all have, you know, on our wrists now, on you know, phones, tablets, digital billboards, you know, the whole nine yards, right? Mm-hmm. If you could take that over and everyone in the world would see what you put on a device, could be a quote, could be a picture, an image or a song, what is it? that Ricky Fowler wants everyone in the world to know? 
equality is key. We live in a time now, even more so now than ever, that equality is not where it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost like, um, you know, you've heard of the saying, it's a white, it's a white man's world, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, this is white America. And me being a black man in America, um, that song or that saying goes over and over and over again because I live it every day. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to go into depth about that. Um, it's it's not hard to talk about. I, I can easily talk about it for hours and hours and hours. But if I were to be put in God's mode, making everyone equal would be something that I would freaking love mm-hmm. and not be treated differently all because of the color of my skin. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I appreciate you being honest about that, Ricky. I know it's it's obviously a personal issue. It's uh, something that we all need to be aware of more. Um, you know, from where I sit as a white middle-aged man, being aware of the privilege that I have had that I didn't even know about and the privilege and the equality that you don't experience. That's the kind of discussions we need to have more of so that we can move towards equality and understand that we're more alike than we're different when it comes to Mm -hmm. the human condition. So I appreciate that, man. No problem. And I think we all need to pay attention to that just by the way. I appreciate that response. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And it's awkward. We talked about this earlier, right? These are awkward conversations. We've got to embrace the suck, right? Yes, exactly. That's that's just like embracing uh, the criticism when you fuck up or embracing and listening to it. You know, if we want to do better and be better, we have to be able to intake that criticism or intake something that you don't know or you're not even aware of. And that goes along with um, this equality situation. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people, I'm just going to say people need to just understand or not even, nope, understand is not the right word. Initially, they just, I, I would preach and ask for people just to listen, hear us out. There's a lot that you don't understand. There's a lot that you don't know. If only you would take 10 minutes out of your day and just listen to a conversation or read a book or listen to a podcast about any of this that we're discussing, you would you would see things or you would start to see things in a different in a different light. So, Ricky, uh, if people are wanting to learn more, what's what's the best way you think uh, for people to approach this issue uh, when it comes to talking or or any uh, books or anything? Okay, Um, that's a great question, John. Um, There's a you can check out the social justice handbook series. Um, you can, uh, find that at, at uh, new harbinger.com. Okay. Or you can, or you can check out the racial healing handbook mm. or better yet, just come and have a sit down with myself, 15, 20 minutes. 
I probably could give you more information than any book or any podcast or any literature probably could give you because, I mean, I lived it. I have lived it. I still live it every day. Yeah, and that's when we talk about face-to-face and relationships, right? That's going to be the solution to this issue is working together as human yes. beings to figure it out. Yes, face-to-face. I love I love when you say that. Yeah, face-to-face, uh, face-to-face conversation about this thing about this whole uh, racial inequality and all of that is is key. Uh, let the voices be heard. And just as well as me asking people to listen or hear me, I have to be willing to listen and hear them as well. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, that, and that what makes it very awkward, but at the same time, at least we're moving at least was was sitting down and and having that conversation that no one truly wants to have. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, man. No problem. Well, Ricky, I appreciate your time on the podcast. Is there uh, anything else that you want to say to everyone who's listening today? Um, I appreciate you guys' uh, time. I uh, hope you hope this benefit you in some type of way whether it's just informational, whether it's skill-wise, whether it's uh, getting you to think about, you know, how you're going about your day, uh, doing a job that you're currently in or whatever it is. I hope this uh, podcast or these 15 minutes were very informational or informative to you. Um, I just hope you can benefit from it in some type of way. Awesome. Thanks, Ricky. Appreciate it. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that episode. There's more to come. This Under Construction podcast is something that I'm committed to for an extended period of time, bringing you great stories from people as they've achieved success on their journey. Feel free to subscribe to this podcast under your favorite podcatcher. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, as well as other platforms. If you ever want to look at the actual website, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Keely U. Thanks and can't wait to talk to you next episode.